0: Welcome to Standout Life, a podcast dedicated to living boldly amongst the busyness. My name's Ali Hill, and as a psychologist, it's been my profession to connect with people's stories. And when you think about it, it's the conversations that we have with ourselves and with others that truly shape us. It's through exploring these stories that we start to find a pathway around the magnificent and the remarkable question. So what does it actually take to live a standout life? Throughout this podcast, I sit down with influential women and a few good men, and we chat about how they live a life of purpose while still making progress. We dig into their stories, both the successes and the struggles, and in doing so, we get some amazing insights into what it takes to live big, and ultimately, how they've found the wins in this crazy, busy world. So let's dive deep into what it takes to live a standout life. There are not too many Australian cupboards that haven't at one point in time housed either the muesli, the muesli bars, or any other delights from the Australian brand Carmen Foods, which is also an international success. As the founder and owner, Carolyn Creswell is one of Australia's highest profile businesswomen. In this episode she shares the lessons that she has learned over the past 24 years in her career and because she's made a few of the mistakes along the way. So she talks about how important it is for us to prioritise sleep, to prioritise your own time, to really know what's important to you and she dives deep into the art of the gracious no please make sure you grab a pen and paper because there's just so many great tips and great strategies in how we can become the boss of busy. So sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with Carolyn Creswell. Carolyn, welcome to the studio. Great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Look, I feel like it's my national duty as the person who's kind of put a lot of muesli onto the onto the shelves to ask you, what did you have for breakfast? Muesli, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I guess correct answer, <laughs> <laughs> obvious answer. Look, you you have a really uh, famous backstory of how you started Carmen's back mm-hmm. in when you were 18 years old. You're working uh, with the company and they were they were going to sell and you you purchase the company for a thousand dollars, and you you handmade that muesli and. And you hand delivered it alongside some of the, the big the big guns mm. in distribution at mm. the place in space, um, and you were working in Commons for a number of years. Like obviously cal- carving out, you know, what it is today and where it's gotten to today. I want to, to take you to the moment where you fell pregnant with your first child. Mm. Will, where was the business at? Where was your business journey at at that point? And did starting a family Change how you did business?
1: Sure. So I was 29 and I was pretty much the only employee. And I remember thinking, okay, I've, and I was working long hours and I was doing everything and I was, you know, I knew it was not sustainable to think that I could continue when the baby was born and the way that I was living. So I put an ad in the local paper to hire someone to come in, it was four hours a week, just to kind of help do the invoicing and stuff. And and so she started, I think, you know, when I was four or five months pregnant and then um, slowly built, you know, um, built a rapport. And then, you know, I went off and had the baby. And to be honest, you know, I was obviously, you know, relatively feel, feeling quite confident with who I was as a person in my life. And all of a sudden I was just in this world of hurt. I had no idea what I was doing. It was the hardest thing I'd ever embarked on, you know. No book could tell you how to manage your first baby. (laughs) Babies don't read the books, do they? (laughs) No, and I remember, you know, I was having terrible trouble. You know, all I'd sort of thought about was the birth. And the birth I got through, but the the breastfeeding was just really, really tricky. And it was this groundhog day of will I get through it. And, you know, I remember at one point saying to my husband, all I can do is look after Will. So anything else you have to do, anything else, whether it's making the bed, cooking dinner, doing the washing, that's all I can do because this is so hard and because I was, you know, having to go off into the breastfeeding clinic. And did and that uh, surprise you? Because oh, here yes. you are, you've been in business for 11 years, you've been pretty much running it solo, like doing yes. it, doing
0: everything. Um, and now it was yeah. just give me one job and that's yes, it. Yeah,
1: and, um, and I really wanted to kind of be successful for anyone that knows what it feels like to have your first baby. You're like, I want to be seen out in public and I'm going to be dressed and my baby's going to look good and we're going to we're going to have this together. And um, that was, you know, I was probably exhausting myself by having this sort of, um, you know, being pretty hard on myself. And then I guess, you know, I remember over a period, you know, when um, Mandy would ring me, my, my, the girl that worked with me, and, and I was like, oh, I don't even have head space for dealing with Carmen's problems until I sort of come out of the fog. And then um, came back... Um, into work. And then, you know, over a, a period of time, very quickly went on and had another, I have four children and I think I had four under six. So
0: it was So you obviously got, you know, yeah, you, got, you, got, you got, figured
1: it out. To look you it know, on. I'm not sure, but I, what I sort of did, and I remember it was actually Mandy, she come, came around to my house one day and she said, Carolyn, you've got to get this in, under control. And Will was 18 months old and he was running around. It was eight o'clock at night. It was running in the backyard. She said- you've got to get that child to bed. You know, (laughs) you actually have to control this. And I'd lived with so much sort of control in my work life and my home life, you know, I was just like, oh, I'm just... I said, it's all too hard. And she said, no, it's not. You've got to just you know, really take control here and she took him into the bedroom and she said, hey, Will, this arm's going to, you know, like a snake and this one's going to moo like a cow and this one's going to bark like a dog. And all of a sudden we got these pyjamas on him and she got him into bed and we walked back out and we had a glass of wine and she's like, see, that took two minutes. And till you take some control you're going to find that this is just, you know, too overwhelming. And I was like, at that point that I started sort of reading more, um, you know, specific books on how I could be um, much more structured in the way that I approached it. And what was that glass of wine? like uh, Was yeah. that like a revelation I, I to go? To her, oh, I can't right. believe I've just gone from feeling, I just can't deal with this. This is all too hard to my child's now asleep in bed. And it just happened with you managing to kind of show me. And sometimes I think you need a girlfriend or someone in your life to say, hang on a minute, I think, you know, there's another way to look at this. And so, you know, there's lots of things I learned through that phase of my life. I mean, I think, encouraging feedback and I now I just did a something called LSI it's a test on on sort of how I see myself and how people who work with me see me and it's quite a multi-dimensional thing one of the biggest things for me is self-improvement I'm off the charts on wanting to be better tomorrow than I was yesterday I'm always reading self-help books I'm always listening to whether it's podcasts or TED talks and always trying to think how can I sort of improve myself every Christmas I spend a couple of weeks and I write a list of all the different things I'd like to learn or do for the year. So and I break them up into different categories. So in health, it might be. So one of these this year was to wake up every morning and drink a glass of, you know, warm water with lemon juice or in my little projects category, it's to sort all my digital photos that are out of control, you know, and to try and get oh, them I've into some order. as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and... So for me, I'm always trying to just plug away and think, how can I improve myself? And so I'm, you know, I'm really big about feedback and what things, you know, you never quite know um, how you might be coming across or whether you've done something that, you, you know, I think that when you do get that feedback that it's not great or that you might have offended someone, you do have to find that empathy of going... Someone, I can't tell them how to feel. They can only feel how they feel. So I've got to be thinking about the impact that I'm having or whether that's on your children or in friendships. So, yeah, I'm always trying to to better myself as a person and I think that that's how you can kind of really grow and have a, a very rich Has life. Has that
0: always been a part of you, like if you look back to the teenagers I mean, uh, or is that something that's evolved? Yeah,
1: look, I think, you know, look, I think it's definitely... Um, evolved a lot. Like when I was a little girl, I remember having going to another little girl's house and I would have been six or something and she said, let's play with dolls. And I said, well, there's no outcome if we just spend the afternoon playing with dolls. <laughs> Why don't we draw pictures? Because if we finish once we're drawing the pictures, we've got something to show for our time. I remember her looking at me a bit strangely. And so I don't know, that's just this early memory of thinking that I was always a bit of a of an outcome-focused person, yeah. and do you do you have any concept of where that might have come from? I think there's, of... I think it's, some of it's innate, and you know, people ask me about entrepreneurs, are you born or you're bred? And you know, I think it's all complex, and I think it's about how you bring out the parts of your personality that are strong and that are good, and perhaps how you work on the bits that you think are that you know, and you seek the feedback of going, well, hang on, what should I be thinking about? I'm working on, and and I think in the early days, I probably did everything because I thought, oh, look, no one can do it as well as I can at Carmen's or why would I pay someone if I could do it myself so I do these, you know, crazy long hours and, and then over time I realised that I was better to start working on the things that mattered to me and that, that had that sense of purpose and that I cared about and that I was good at and to try and push off or get other people to do the things that perhaps I was dreading or I didn't want to do and, and so I slowly evolved my life. And, you know, was and that I really, hard to do? It's interesting because at the start, it was harder. But then when you have four kids in a succession, you can't be um, doing everything at work. You know, you absolutely have to. And so it was this, these sort of points in my life where I went, well, I've actually got to step out of this business. And particularly when I had my last baby and I had some and problems after the birth and I, and I was back in hospital and I had six months completely off. And so then you come back and you realise that, oh, the place was running smoothly and everything was great and you are dispensable to a certain (laughs) extent. Which can be hard to hear (laughs) as well. And I think that that's, you know, we kind of think that we're, you know, not dispensable but having some perspective on who we are and what matters. And to me it's about, you know, being a great mum and being a great wife and being a good friend and a good daughter and trying to think about all those aspects of your life And to be a decent human being, you know, to really be a good person and that's kind of what motivates me and makes me, um, I think, who I am today. With
0: uh, you know being forced to delegate, to kind of hand out, to hand over that trust and then realising that actually other people can take it on, maybe yeah. they're actually maybe a little bit better than us, which is always an interesting point and a great point to kind of get to. What impact has that had on the success of the business To to then be able to, have you seen I guess, a difference and a shift and a change, bringing other people in and other
1: expertise into that space? Yeah. Well, I think the, the other thing I'd layer into that is that when I was younger, I had lots and lots of part-time jobs. So, you know, and lots of mundane things of, you know, waitressing or being a professional gift wrapper or whatever. And, Often I was treated like I was invisible or my opinion didn't really count. And so my manager that was 40 years older than me would tell me this is exactly how you do it and they had never actually done what I was doing. And, you know, say particularly in the gift wrapping, I'm thinking, hang on a minute here, you, you don't really... You haven't sat here for eight hours wrapping and, you know, you get some system or something and they'd, um, they wouldn't appreciate that, that you have a, a knowledge base because you're the one actually doing it every day. I think that laid into me as a manager now, saying, i don't want to I don't want to micromanage you. I don't want to tell you how to do what I want to do, what you're going to do, but I want to be really clear of where we want to get to at the end. So for us, you know at Carmens, we we are totally customer centric. So I want you to bring out a product that is going to, wow, our customers they are going to be loving it, that and so trying to make sure that they understand the outcome. And then however you need to get there, you can do it your way and I'll stand side by side with you but I'm not going to tell you how to do it. And I think that that's what we love as people is that sense that someone trusts me and someone will give me that autonomy to just get out of my way and let me do what I want to do. And so I think that's um, shown in some of the success that Carmen's has had. We have amazing people. Like I had a meeting with a new guy that's been working for me, a new export manager, and yesterday he said, you just have such star performers here because you know everyone is just empowered to be able to you know, do what they need to do, and you know they are just such high caliber because no one wants to leave. You know, once but people get there and go, wow, I love the way I feel working here. I'm not doing menial reports. And we, he came into me the first time and he'd done all this preparation and this big presentation of having this meeting for. Him. I said, we're just gonna have a chat. Just tell me how I, how can I help you do what you need to do. And he was like, oh, it's so refreshing when you sometimes spend a whole heap of time in areas of your life that don't really serve anyone and certainly don't serve yourself to be able to kind of free that time up. And I think time's probably the most interesting thing, you know, perhaps I could mention or talk about today. Yeah we'll definitely get to I want
0: to give because I know you've got a lot um, around how you've managed your time in that work-life balance and we definitely will get to that. I guess what's coming to mind for me and I I do see it is that that autonomy to give people a direction or an outcome Mm. that's where we want to get to figure out how to do it along the way and you might come up with something incredibly new, different, innovative, better. Um, Do people get scared by that because a lot of people crave certainty Mm. and particularly if you've come out of a job that you gave me the checklist to tell me I've been micromanaged. Mm. And I guess, you know, I've certainly seen that where people go, oh, it's really freeing, but when push comes to shove, the buck stops with them and that's kind of scary as well.
1: And I think for some people it's been harder than others. You know, for some people they'll say, I'm just not, you know, it's taken me a little while to get used to this. But we really make sure that we induct them well, that we have people, you know, we give them a buddy so that they can talk about it. Um, We have, you know, great HR that can be there. But I'd say it's... the same thing with my kids, and I sort of say, um, I have a saying, well, it's probably a famous saying that you can choose in life to ch- prepare the path for a child. So we can say, let's just get rid of all the roadblocks and all the speed humps, and let's just try and make it as smooth as possible. But really, I think the focus is to prepare the child for the path that when you're going to hit that speed bump, or when the tree's going to be over the path. Have you got enough resilience? Are you a strong enough person to deal with it? And I'm so proud of my kids when something happens in the playground, and you know my daughter will say, "Why would you be so nasty about that? Or why would you say something like that?" To be able to find that sense of speaking up and knowing what's right and wrong, and you know not having the hissy fit if um, you know you don't get everything your way. And I think that's so true for us as well. How do we build our resilience, particularly as women? How do we build our confidence up to say, I am enough? And, you know, it's life is not a popularity contest to say it's all about how many likes you get on Facebook or Instagram and that's what makes you a good person because you can end up being vanilla. I think it's good to stand for something and to say, I'm actually good enough. <laughs> you know, I have purpose in my life. I have, you know, really deep and wonderful relationships around me and that's wonderful, you know, to me, it's not about what you don't have, it's about what you do. Yeah, and giving, and I love that and, you know, story of your daughter, but
0: giving giving women more so mm. uh, the voice to say, if something's pressing your buttons, call mm. it out. Yeah, totally. Let's, let's actually say it rather than um, sit, sit quietly and, yeah. and just allow it to happen in that space. So I think that's a really important.
1: One of my favourite quotes is um, Eleanor Franklin, who said, small minds discuss. Um, people, you know, average minds discuss events, but great minds discuss ideas. And when people I'm at a dinner or something and they get into the gossip about talking behind someone's back, I just always try and raise it up to, Helen, here's an idea. Let's talk about something bigger. Let's try and get out of that stuff because it's just, it doesn't serve anyone. No, and, one. no. Um, and if you find in life that you're feeling better about yourself because you're better than someone else, that's just like, Really, really sad. And, you know, it's not to me about how, you know, we're winning because we've got the the bigger house or the, the better car. It's winning because you're feeling happiness and the depth of your relationships and that that's what should build you up. Um, and, you know, I, I feel really sad when I come across really jealous people or people that perhaps have not, Like, I'm reading this book at the moment, which is called The Subtle Art of Giving Less of a Fuck. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I just purchased it yesterday. (laughs) That's brilliant. And and it talks about our value system. And, you know, I felt sad. It was my school reunion. And one of my friends said, look, I don't want to come because I'm single. And everyone will think I'm a loser Mm -hmm. because I don't want to go because I'm single. The other girl said, look, I don't want to come because I'm a stay-at-home mum and, then you know, there's working mums there and they're going to think I'm a loser. I'm like, guys, this is your value system. I do not think you're a loser. Clearly I don't. You're my, one of my best friends because you're single. I don't think you're a loser because you're a stay-at-home mum. You guys have got to challenge your value system of saying, well, hang on, what actually matters and, you know...
0: That kind of stuff really um gets to me <laughs> yeah how much do you invest time for yourself around that around what matters to you your own happiness
1: yeah i mean a lot of what i try and always think about and I, and I probably came from a little bit of selfish space of saying how will this serve me so i get asked to go to a lot of things and to help a lot of people and, you know, whether it's a small business starting up or whether it's friends or, you know, and even in, in my social sort of world and what I try and do is go, well, hang on, how how does this serve me? How am I going to feel about this? So I try and make sure that my day is going to be a day that I enjoy and that I'm not actually doing things thinking, oh, you know, that oh, this, I'm just doing this for, for someone else, And so sometimes, you know, so I try and say, for example, for people that, you know, so like people all the time are saying, can I meet you for a coffee? And I just have a no coffee rule because otherwise I wouldn't get out the door at the end of the day. (laughs) I wouldn't get through my work if I didn't... if I, if I spent hours, um, you know, doing that, but I drive half an hour to work every morning and at the end of the day. So I keep, you know, and I'll book in calls and I'll say, I'm happy to chat to you. And, you know, I had a friend of mine that's got quite a, a well-known, successful business yesterday and she said, you know, I'd really love you to work with us because we're not making any money and would you be able to help look at the business? And for that, I was like, you know what, actually that would be quite interesting and that would make me feel good and that was a business that I was like, yep, absolutely. And I'll carve out the time to do that. So... I just I do come back to what's gonna push my buttons as a person and so I try and do more of the things that will enrich me and make me feel good about myself and that I enjoy doing. And for other things I'll go, mm, you know, if that's not right for me, I just try and let them go. And, you know, I like to keep reasonably calm and under control and you know, even you know, when people are always saying go out for dinner, I'll often say to people, why don't you just call into our place or come around for dinner or come and have a wine at our place because I find sometimes I don't want to be out all the time. You know, I quite like um, that sense of, you know, I'm, I am a bit of a homebody in that sense of I love um, I love my family life and I love the craziness of, of the kids and, and what happens in our house. Finding another way yeah, and, and exactly. still having
0: that and having those moments, but doing it in a way that's going yeah. to serve you. How do you navigate? And I'm really interested in this, um, the call to craving for and, and seeking feedback from other people. And I think it's really, really key yeah. to for our blind spots for the bits that we don't notice ourselves and being clear on what's going to serve you so for example if we are saying no or um we're getting kind of coffee invitations and we're kind of going look you know i know for my day my time needs to be somewhere else and Mm. not there and yet feedback from people going but you never give me time
1: how do you navigate i guess those. so what you have to say is is that feedback um how does that serve you? And the reality is if you don't have time or you choose... We all have the same number of hours every day and we all subconsciously choose how we want to spend them and it is OK to go, I want to choose them in a certain way. I, I, I don't think that we have to make apologies. If it's, not, if it's someone wanting you to do something for them... That's up to you. You know, if someone came up to you, my favourite example is someone comes up to you in the street and asks for $20, you'd say no. But if someone comes and says 20 minutes, well, you're seen as a bitch if you don't give them 20 minutes. Completely. We're obligated to. Well, I I just challenge that of saying, hang on a minute here. There's no obligation to have to give your time and choose how you want to give it. Choose if there's an ability for you to give it in in another way. So, like I said, for me, I'll often do it with calls and I keep a little notes thing in my phone of people that I might want to call and then when I know when I'm driving somewhere you know most of us have bluetooth in our car these days and I'll choose to have that time and even sometimes like I said scheduling where that time is but just to say hang on what um what's going to be right for you and you don't have to say yes to everything so Have have you learned that yeah i Absolutely. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> where, the moments where you weren't doing that, what was that like for you? Well, because
1: then you couldn't finish work till 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> you know, I've come here today with no emails in my inbox. Now, you know, that's, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but that's what I'm aiming for to say, then I can go back to work after this and I'll say, well, hang on, what, what projects would I like to work on this afternoon? And to, it's to find that sense. Now, for me, you know, with, you know, I'm... Um, managing director of Carmens. I sit on several boards, I have a lot of other, you know, charity um, work that I do outside of Carmens for young kids, you know, or how can you get to a point of saying, well, what project am I going to work on this afternoon? The only way to do that is to be conscious of how you spend your time. It's almost like a little bit, you know, do a little a thing once every so often of going, hang on, what did I do last week? And what was a good use of my time? And, and what did I end up, you know, I used to spend ages doing tenders on, you know, for people wanting all these random muesli varieties. And then after a while I went, Do you know what, that's not actually serving the Carmen's brand and I'm putting all this time and effort into something that's not right for us. And so it's, you just, you, you've got to choose what you let go of so you can focus and deliver more, I think, on, on what matters.
0: Have you got an idea on the starting point? Because there might be people listening yeah. here and uh, there's more and more people... I'm being, like, hearing those messages of the overwhelm with busy, like, just, yeah, it sounds great, but you don't know my life and I've got a million things going on. Is there uh, an idea of (laughs) starting? Where do you
1: start? All right, I'm going to throw lots of small little practical things here because um, uh, this is how, to me, that's how if, if I was listening to this, I think, oh, my gosh, yeah, exactly, where do I start? So the first thing is saying, so for me, I get up every morning at six o'clock and I go and meet a girlfriend at the park. I, I choose to drive to the park so that I don't waste time getting there and we both meet at 6.30 and we walk for an hour and she's sort of like a mentor. You know, we can we can chat about anything. So firstly, I've done my exercise and secondly, I've had a good chat to a very good friend and I've had someone to bounce ideas off something that I might have been worrying about, whatever. So four kids at home? Four kids at What's home, but my husband's there? right, okay, so husband's still at home then. Yep. So I'm back home So you've had that conversation, you got that sort so of that we're out of the house. Um, and then... You know, I think there's other things around what things you like doing. I like driving my kids to school because I like the the chats and I and I enjoy that. And yes, that they could walk to school. We don't live very far, but um, you know, for um, my, my little um, my littlest is only in prep, so you know, it's it's probably pushing it a little bit for her to be walking. So anyway, I choose to, to drop them. And then at nine o'clock every morning, I know that I can book in a call. So for example, the call today was someone who'd said, could I have um, a coffee with you? Because I'm interested in, in repping you in your public speaking life. So my assistant, you know, at work said, you know, Carolyn can't do coffee, but how about she chats at nine o'clock? So whereas that would have been half an hour in the office, if I could have kind of got him out of the office in half an hour, it was a pretty quick, you know, 15 minute, Conversation, and then generally I will always ring my best friend and my mum while I'm driving, so I'm touching base with the important people in my life. And then when I get to work, I try and say to myself, "All right, firstly, I need a reasonably tidy handbag. I need a reasonably tidy car, and I need a reasonably tidy desk. I like reasonably. reasonably, It's not going to be perfect. perfect. So if I come in and I've thrown a whole lot of stuff, I tip my handbag out, tidy it up." put it back down and go, okay, that's under control. If there's any crap in my car, I'll put it back in my handbag. So, it, so it's that mo- moment of sitting down, all right, I've got that vaguely under control. And I have a thing on Monday that every Monday I take all the receipts out of my wallet. And so I put them away so that I can go, all right, then my wallet's not overflowing and I'm sort of under control. Then I look at my inbox and I'll often say, I start from the bottom up, So the last one that's come in or the the oldest email I've got and if it takes less than five minutes, I just have to do it. So I'm not allowed to butterfly around. I'm not allowed to jump around and I have to say to myself, am I deleting this? And if it's sometimes someone wanting me to do some research project from some far-flung university or something, it's just delete. And it's okay not to respond to every email. I mean, I respond to most, but to be able to say, do you know what? Does this serve me? Do I have two hours to give that person that I don't know? I, I just don't. And so... I then say, and so whenever I've, you know, on my walk or at night or whatever, if I've had anything I think that I need to do, I send myself an email. Because if it ends up in my inbox, I know then that I'll get to it. I try and do as much as I can on the phone or as much as I can, I think, now on the computer. So if there's something that I need to, to look up, you know, I find sometimes that we, we feel we, we need to go somewhere and you think, well, is that something? So I do challenge what things I need to do. If it's going to take longer than that, I think, well, so it might be something where I think I want to listen to something. So I've just sent myself a message then. You said there was a TED Talk that I should listen to. So that'll sit in my tasks where I'll say, and one day, you know, I'll I'll look at those and think, oh, yep, yeah, that's right. You know, I've got time for a TED Talk I'll download and this is what people have recommended. And I'll often put who recommended it as well because it's quite nice when you listen to it maybe later to say send them an email saying, hey, thanks, I listened to that and it was great. I'm, I'm a big one for appreciation and thanking people. So try and get through what I need to get through. I think the other thing is people feel that they need to write essays when they email someone. Oh, gosh yeah. A yeah. <laughs> couple of bullet points, just get to the get to the crux of what you need to do and also say is this you know i'm a big one for strategy of saying where do we want to be in three years at carmen's so is this something we're doing that will get us there and also what are the things that i need to be involved in so i love being involved in the new products that we're bringing out because that's sort of the future of carmen's but i don't need to be involved in packaging tenders someone else can do that or you know there's other things so choose the touch points of of what you need to be involved in then you know, um, at 12.30, we they call out lunch is ready. We have, we all sit and have lunch together. We do the quiz out of the Herald Sun, so out of a local newspaper. So it's just that sense of stopping and connecting. So we've just sat there and had a laugh and done the, the quiz out of the local and paper. And that's a real key yeah. part of
0: your kind of culture. And yeah, and getting I I, mean, I, I sort it.
1: of say it because I think people think, I don't know how to build culture. I've got a little team of four and where do I start? So I'm sort of trying to give you the small little practical things of... And then, you know, I I would always leave roughly, you know, between five and six every day. I would never really be at my desk after six and um, drive home and then once again whether I choose whether there's any calls that I think I've hung over from the day that I'll just write a little post-it note or something and I'll I'll, um, have those ready when I go in the car. And so then I've got home, you know, say it's generally at six o'clock and then it's, you know, there's, um, there's nothing left to do and how it's taken me a long time. It's taken me over 20 years to get to a point where there's kind of nothing left to do. How can that? <laughs> Do you think some of these would have worked in those first five, ten years? No. Days? Oh, sorry. What I think I did in those years, I said yes to everything. Right. I was so nervous of saying no because what if that could have been the great opportunity? Yeah. So I didn't listen to my gut instinct. So I was spending all of this time and I was running around and I remember it took me years until I'd start using a courier to drop something somewhere. And, you know, there's this great courier service we have here in Melbourne called Couriers Please and I think it's $8. And I think I will go and drive a four. Forty-five minute drive and come back. It's an hour and a half of my time of something that could have been done for eight dollars of getting something dropped. And so, trying to say to yourself constantly, and it's that self-improvement piece: how do I actually make sure that this is serving me in my life and this is the best use of my time? And it's not always expensive things. Don't think that that's has to be the case. So. Like, for example, on Friday night we're having a dinner party at our house um, called Men's Dinner. And so we have different couples and each couple, the man, has to cook. One cooks the canapes, one cooks the entree. Where one cooks did that the come main. from? Is oh, it's, it's, a it's a friend of mine yeah. did it years and years ago. <laughs> it's a great and idea, so it? it's this sense of... And so people go, well, how are you going to have a dinner party? I said, because I'm not crazy. I don't have to... All I have to do is set the table because I'm not actually cooking a thing. And so how do you sort
0: that's of... my type of dinner party.
1: <laughs> and, and everyone loves it because yeah. they come and they are so proud of their yeah. course. And so there is different ways that you can... Um, I think... Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, and I think um, I'm wondering, uh, do you think women are, are worse at doing that? Because I think there's part of us that we can't take ownership on the success of it if we haven't done
1: all of it. Yeah, and so, that, well, that's once again challenging your values. Mm-hmm. And challenging of saying, you know, I think the other thing is that I have a bit of a permission not to be at every child's event because I have four of them. So you can't be at every opening of everything because people know that while one's playing cricket, the other one's going to be at, you know, the hockey training and, in the, you know, that we have to juggle mm. it around. And so for my kids, they, they sort of know that well, you know, mum and dad will do what they can of of sharing their love around. And then it also makes, you know, in the early days, when my eldest, who's now in grade six, when he was in prep, you know, you'd feel you had to go to every morning tea. And one of my big um, pet bugbears is how we have this sense that men can work full-time and be great dads, but women, oh, the kids must be suffering and they, they can't possibly be really great mums. They're not as good as the stay-at-home mums. How can we stop that conversation? (laughs) And so I just keep standing up for it and saying, I'm terrible at karaoke. I'm shocking at directions, but I'm actually a really good mum. And there's a whole list of things I'm terrible (laughs) at, but I'm just trying to say that you can actually. I work full-time and I'm happy to stand and say, I'm a really good mum, and that is possible. And I think a lot of women, you know, they say to me, how do you cope with the guilt? I'm like, when's the last time you asked a man Hmm. how he coped with the guilt of being a father and working, mm. and they're like, so I kind of am a bit yeah, um, challenge that f- yeah. ch- challenging about saying, I don't think parenting or relationships, whether it's with your girlfriends, is the number of hours you spend a day. It's just the depth of that relationship. It's the fact that I know what's going on in my kids' lives, that they know that I am there if they want to talk about something that they can ring, or you know, that at night, or whatever, that that it's not a, a superficial or an upsetting. Um, you know, a relationship that doesn't have depth. You know, they they know that I'm there, and it's not necessarily that um, there Physically. when they walk in the door from school, mm. um, but that at any point, you know, and they um, know your
0: guiding principles around yeah. what's the stuff that matters, and they they're, yeah, they're hearing totally you instilling that. Let's go down the path of the the art of the great. Stuff. Oh, yeah, Well, no, because often when we think our decision, a lot of we hear that as a lot of advice is well just say no, set some boundaries, but I think. There's a huge difference in how you say no.
1: So what I would say is that when something comes in, whatever it will be, whether it's a kid's birthday party invitation, the street party, the fanciest, you know, shinding Christmas party, the, you know, whether it's some meeting at work, whatever, you need to say to yourself, is this something that serves me? Is this something I would want to do? And if you're a bit torn, say to yourself, okay, imagine this was happening this week. Because even though in two months' time or in six weeks when you look at your diary, there's not a lot on, say to yourself, well, hang on, how, how do I think in a busy week? How am I going to feel about wanting to do that? And so I try and will always respond within a 24-hour period, which is thank you so much. Um, and Sorry, I, I do want to give credit that this is a little chapter out of a book called Essentialism. I didn't come oh. up with the with the concept. So if anyone is interested, it's a, it's a great little chapter in this book. And... You can just write a very beautiful, gracious no that, you know, unfortunately, you know, for me with four young kids and the demands of life, I would love to be able to accept invitations like this. But unfortunately, the only way that I can sort of feel that I have some balance is, is to be able to um, have to restrict myself from all of these things or, or whether, you know, what I would say is don't ever lie. Don't say, I'm sorry, I can't come to that because I'm traveling to Sydney or whatever, because you're going to get caught out and you don't need to lie. You can be gracious and lovely and be so thankful for their invitation and just do it quickly. And I think then no one will ever... um, I've never had any problems with with doing it quickly. Mm. What people get really annoyed about is if you say yes and you cancel the day before or the day off. And that is what happens, is that people will cancel at the last minute and that causes the organisers way more grief and if it's something that I might be really torn about I might just put it in my diary so I'll say no but I'll put it in my diary saying tentative you know have a think about it and if for some reason that that week looks really clear and I think you know what actually I might be you know tomorrow night I'm going to hear um, the governor of Victoria speak and that is one that I sort of was torn of saying well how will I feel about it and so there's an opportunity that you can say, well, hang on, if I felt close at the time that I wanted to turn my... It's sort of sometimes you can turn the no into a yes, but mm. do you know what? more often than not, I find that I just try and do the things that serve me. Now, often I might choose to to want the thing that might serve me is to go to the movies with my husband over going to hear the governor speak. You know, just because it's a fancy invitation or that you've been asked or you you, you feel an obligation, come back to that values. Is this going to serve me? How am I going to feel? Am I going to get there? I sometimes go after a big day, I just don't want to go out and do small talk. I get a bit tired for small talk with a whole lot of random people that I might not know very well. And so I've just learned, and I think it's that that realising how you feel in certain situations. It's ref- it's that reflecting. Give yourself time to reflect on what things, you know, I know if I have to get a plane, I don't ever like my alarm to ever have to go off with something with a four in it. I don't want to get up <laughs> at four in the morning. So I always try and think, That's well, hang look. on, if you're being asked to do that, what time would I get up? What would that look like? How would I feel on that day? And really put yourself in that day and that moment. And I think that helps you find that sense of that balance and, and that um, and living a richer life for you.
0: I love popping it into your calendar too, because I was going to ask you, have you ever said no and then regretted it and Mm. gone, oh, no, I really
1: wanted to go to that. Because people pull out all the time at the last minute and you can always say, so I might say, I would have loved to do that, but I've got a really early start the next morning and I just know that I have to be a little bit strict on how I do something. And then you might come and say, hang on, um, you know, things have cleared up a bit. Is there any chance that I'd I'd be able to turn that no into a yes? And people are like, of course, we'd love you to come. So... You know, I think it's, it's more around sort of doing a bit less but doing the things that matter to you, the, the, the things that you think, do you know what, this year I'd actually love to... <laughs> you know, For me last year I wanted to learn how to play chess. My kids all knew how to play. I didn't even know what the pieces were called, how they moved and whatever. And so sitting at home one night in front of the fire with my son playing chess, sometimes that's great for me. That, that serves, you know, feeds my soul and I don't think that's a cop-out in life. And, I, well, I hope, you know, maybe other people think differently, but I don't think the success is how many things you can jam into a day. I think it's more around how much happiness and, and fulfilment you're feeling and sense of purpose.
0: I think it's about doing knowing yourself well enough to do that as well. Yeah. There's, there's a ton of articles around, you know, what five things Rich Branson does before 8 o'clock <sighs> in the morning if you just do those. Or, you know, if you do it like, um, you know, other people we hold up in high regard, just do it. But I think, it, you know, what you're kind of touching on it doesn't matter what other people think because it's what matters to for you. you. In between the gold that Carolyn is sharing with us, I wanted to let you know about next week's episode where I sit down with Emma MacDonald, who is an award-winning journalist, a mum of two, and has also launched her own charity called Send Hope Not Flowers. When you mentioned how we, uh, we sort of sabotage our... Um, enjoyment of the moment by thinking I haven't set, you know, I haven't cleaned my house or I haven't yeah. made everything perfect. I'm so far beyond that. Yeah. I I'm <laughs> like whatever it is now, right now, that's yeah. that's it. And we have to just fill up this moment and um, take it in and make sure that there are some great things on the horizon to look forward to and to reach for and to strive for. Now let's dive back into the conversation with Carolyn. I want to dig just a little bit more into the sure. gracious no. So once you, even if you've gone through that, how am I going to feel, and, and it is a no, how much do we need to explain why and how much do we just say, look, it's a no, I really appreciate the opportunity, thank you very much?
1: I I just have a rule that I don't lie. So it depends on what the situation is. And so sometimes, so I get asked to sit on a lot of boards. And so sometimes I'll say, you know, I love the work your organisation does. And if I didn't have a full-time job, I would love the opportunity to think I could accept all of these incredible invitations. And I'm honoured that you would, you know, hold me in such high regard to think of me. But I sometimes, I just have to choose things that really motivate me as a person. So I know what I stand for. I stand, you know... I'm, I'm very much about trying to help people less fortunate than I've been and so the, the organisations... So, for example, I might get asked to sit on business chambers but I will much more... You know, I'm, I will sit on boards for, you know, for example, street sex workers or asylum seekers. So sometimes I'll explain it but generally less is more. Mm. Just keep it short, sharp and charming but just get yeah. it out quickly. I think the thing is just do it. And that's the thing of not overthinking it too much just go, you know, with the most lovely thing. And I'll often say, but if I could help in any other way, you know, feel free to let me know if you want me to give you a call and brainstorm anything else. Mm. So that I'll, I'll often sometimes see if I can offer something that I could give. As long as you're happy that.
0: with that other thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess exactly. That's the so other for trap, me, I right? might
1: be saying, you know, no, I can't sit on the board um, as an ongoing thing. But if you ever wanted Carmen's products for an event, or if you ever wanted me to brainstorm, how it, you might um, uh, look at a, Approaching philanthropy in a different way. I'm happy, You know, if there's ever anything you want me to talk about as a single thing, feel free. I'm, my door is always open. So it's not that you don't... Um, and, and it's even with um, uh, kids' party invitations. So I kind of try and say no to most things on a Sunday. If with four kids, if I ran around to every kid's party, and unless it's one of their really good friends, they, they and they are fine with it, you know, they'll they'll be like, oh, well, you know, Like they don't even know. Now, each of them would get at least 15 invitations a year. That would be 60 weekend times (laughs) that I'm racing around. And so it's like just, you know, and as long as you make your family life fun and, you know, we do something like Saturday night discos where we all like turn the music up and dance around (laughs) and, you know, just try and you know, that your home life isn't so boring. You're like, I could be going to a party and I'm stuck here um, to give them, you know, a sense of, um, you know, that there's fun or if there's, you know, the neighbours, kids want to pop around, you know, it's not that doom and gloom being one of our kids. <laughs> but <laughs> I just think that you you stop and you just think with each one and go, I'm not sure this is serving us as a unit.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great lens. How's it going to serve <laughs> yeah. all of us? I'll have a Saturday night disco. <laughs> be part of it all. One of the things that I know can be hard is to ask for help. So often we're we're really good at kind of helping other people, and uh, and we get great delight. It kind of fills us up. But then to actually ask for help,
1: and women, oh my gosh, I don't understand why they struggle so much. So I have no qualms (laughs) at all asking for help. So if you, you know, like just as an example for that dinner, if people come for dinner, I have no um, things of saying, hey, what would you like to bring? And absolutely, someone can bring the dessert, someone can bring the nibbles. What Are we going to beat ourselves up that we think that we're superhuman, that we can do everything plus all of that on top of it? I find as well I try and utilise things that won't be too hard for people. So, for example, my mum is quite happy to run and do errands for me. So, you know, two days ago I was wearing my boots and somehow I walked into the house and the heel had fallen off the bottom of one of them. So I just put it behind. I've got a little spot for her behind the front door saying, next time you're running around, Mum. You know, and so she'll call into my house once a week and she'll pick up the little bits and pieces and I'll say, can you drop this to the bootmaker? Could you take this to the dry cleaner? Whatever bits and pieces. And then, you know, she'll just let me know at the end of the month the money that I owe her and, and we have a little arrangement because she's that's something she's happy to do. And so I think a lot of the times... People will go, oh, but, you know, well, I could do that. Well, yes, I could run around on Saturday morning and go and do all of those things, but that just... If someone else is able to help, then you say, well, hang on, why wouldn't I ask that friend or, you know, and when people offer to help, yes, please, thank you. Mm. that's would, would be wonderful. Yeah. And, um, and know that they have the ability to say no and that's okay. Yes. But if they so, not Yeah, but I think that people often help, but we feel... Like, a, what I think you want to think about is is this something that's this person's skill set that it's easy for them to help and it's easy for them to do and it's not a how much of an imposition am I really asking for but then it's also saying well what should I need to do in return so it might be would you be able to have these kids to on Saturday night but then another Saturday night when you're home alone it's you thinking well hang on why don't I offer them say why don't you guys have a night out and I'll take your kids back so it's how's it going to serve you and how's that to work with you and then you don't mind the next time you have to ask so you know if you've asked five times and then you've never thought to ask back well then that's you, you're not you're being unappreciative I think about the offer um but, but I find most people are very happy to help each other if you think well that's not you know I'm not really asking you know the world here
0: no yeah so back yourself and ask <laughs> for it you mentioned before about kindness and generosity how yeah. important has that been a strategy for Carmen's
1: well, I mean, I think for me it's, you know, it's something that I'm, um, you know, it's a very much part of who I am and I always try and treat people with kindness. I'm still tough. I have to make a lot of tough decisions and people think because you're kind you can't be tough but I, I absolutely, you know, you, you can do it still in a kind way. I think that the generosity is something that I struggle with a bit more because I think I'm probably sometimes a bit too generous and, I, and I've, as I've become a bit more successful on, you know, I have friends that might not, um, you know, I was telling you an example of yesterday, you know, a friend of mine that... Um, you know, years ago, you know, he's, he's hit the hard times and he's um, had a drug dependency and is coming out of that. And it's about how I can work through. And so, you know, I, I paid him to drive my car to some things yesterday and, and it, was, it was a sense of him doing something and I kept saying, thank you so much, you're really being helpful to me today. Rather than me just giving him something that is a handout, it's like thinking, well, hang on, how can I find ways of not just being like that? So I've sort of struggled a bit more with making sure that I'm not just trying to pick up the bill because I think oh you know my friend hasn't had a job for a while or something but how hey, you can sort of do it and often the way might be you know in a situation you know like having a dinner saying well guys come to my house so there's not that embarrassment and that and I find it at Carmen's you know there's a sense that sometimes it all has to be equal, but someone's needs at a certain time can be different. You know, someone's husband who's lost his job and they're really struggling to pay their mortgage. That's a different need than the person they're sitting next to. And I can't just do a blanket sort of approach to everyone. So I do try and... Um, I do what I can for a certain person when I can in, in a personalised way. And I think that um, if the worst fault you've got as being too generous well
0: yeah a good one. <laughs> yeah, you know, yep. and I
1: think you know different people um you know and you weigh it up of what things you know like I've got a, a new guy that's working for me he's working out fantastically he's working really hard and he's moving next week and I said oh I'm going to pay for these this thing called um the finishing touch of these people that come in and you've got every you've moved everything into your place and then you're just like oh my god where do I start and they come and make your beds and they put wine glasses in the cupboard and they'll come for the afternoon and he's just so grateful. And I was like, well, I just know that he will love that. And, you know, he was saying, I was telling my dad of going, oh, my God, is that amazing? And he's like, I wish I could do something like that. He goes, but you can. You could at your work. You know, people sort of, I don't know, sometimes... um, it might be a little bit left of centre, but you know, there is opportunities to, to think see. beyond the movie <laughs> yeah, tickets. So we exactly, get
0: and get and that, but that comes from knowing them and knowing
1: yes. what's going to resonate with and I think them. We all want to be seen as people, we all want to be seen as you know, I really, um, you know, I, I see through the facade of that to who you are as a person, and that's and what you might need as a person as well, you know. We all have different needs and, you know, I certainly employ some people that have more needs in confidence and me making sure that I will say more about you're doing a great job and, and noticing more, whereas for other people, they don't need that as much. And so um, I'm sort of, yeah, personalising a little bit more. Mm.
0: So uh, you're obviously generosity, but it comes with some of the tough decisions and yes. having to make the tough calls as well. Uh, looking ahead in the next 12 months, what are some of the challenges you see? coming out, either personally or
1: business-wise? Um, you know, I, I don't really see that many challenges and I, you know, when I get asked that of oh, you know, but I think I'm always trying to be that step ahead of saying, alright, what, how can I improve myself? How can I be better? How can we evolve Carmins? And so I just always see there's as opportunities. You know, we've got amazing new products that we're launching next year. We've just found out yesterday we're having a huge new range is accepted. We're doing a huge push into China. Um, it's going to be hard, but it's just an exciting opportunity and if it doesn't boom, well that's okay too, you know. I think well, sometimes we think that everything has to be a success or a failure. And I think, you know, you know, when I won the Telstra Businesswoman of the Year, I always tell people, I entered sixteen times. There's sixteen times I didn't win it, right? But that was just oh well, it doesn't matter, water off a duck's back, I'll just try again next year. And I challenge that sense that if something doesn't work, that's just the beginning of a journey and you know, I, I look at, you know, obviously, you know, my, well, my eldest is going to start senior school. That's more of a, you know, a challenge a of our new family. and journey. New yeah. new journey. But, <laughs> but it's all good and, you know, he's a great kid and I know that he'll be fine and, you know, and that's just me all of a sudden kind of having a teenager of saying, well, hang on, am I, how are we going? Is there any more conversations? What, what are the challenges he'll have, um, you know, being in senior school? But, you know, I think it's all exciting and you have this one life and it's not like we're waiting to get to the old people's home to go, yeah, we made it awesome, you know, it's going to be great now. And I think that I, I do come across people who are waiting for that thing that when all of this happens, I'm going to be happy and if you're not working on your happiness and working on who you are as a person and and, and self-improving and, and thinking I've got this rich and fun and rewarding life and if you don't, well, that's your fault. And that's, I think, what uh, I've taken out of this, the book that we're both reading, is about ownership of you know so like for example on my yearly list I'm like I know that I love going on picnics but I haven't been doing enough picnics I've got this list go on more picnics and so then the other Sunday I'm like come on everyone quick we're going on a picnic and they're like why I said because I like going on picnics and we don't go on enough picnics Mm. and 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 it's within your
0: control to put it in the calendar and and if you
1: say to yourself but I'm not doing those and people go oh my god that's so amazing your family looks so cute I saw on Facebook whatever I'm like anyone can do that it doesn't cost anything it's about that you know um sense and and I think there's also a bit of a, a systemization of trying to you know even with your kids and parts of your life to go what are the things you know what should day look like whenever, whenever I travel and I come back I love my life you know I love the little points I I love my coffee in the morning, and you know, and I, I love you. Know, like at the moment, my husband and I watch an episode of Game of Thrones every night, and I say one episode, we'll have one, and I love that. You know, it's um, so it's just those little things that you go, oh, I'm, I'm enjoying this part of my life. There's so much
0: crossover in what you're saying. Is is focusing on that personal development, and the other stuff flows yeah. from that. So it sounds like investing in in yourself is a real totally part of it.
1: Because if I was feeling really down and bad. Well, that would, that would show, you know, and if I was, say, you know, um, feeling out of control and I was snappy and I was not happy, that would permeate into Carmen's, that would permeate into my kids, that would permeate into my marriage, all of those things. So if you don't start with you, if you don't start with taking care of you, all those other aspects of your life are going to get detrimentally affected. It's, they can't not. And I know some people say, oh, you know, but I just put myself last. I'm like, you actually have to put yourself first. Not in a, I'm going to spend the whole day at the day spa sort of way. But in, you know, for me, I'm like, I know that I have to try and, you know, be in my bed with the lights out by 10 o'clock so that I can get up the next morning at six and not feel shocking. And and so I have to have that little bit of self-discipline about your life of saying, well, hang on, if this is what I want it to look like, this is kind of how I have to behave. And this is the energy I have to own. So you can't walk into work and be in a grumpy mood. Sometimes I have to fake it. You know, sometimes I'm feeling a bit flat. I'm like, no, I've got to put on that smiling face. And particularly at the end of the day when you walk into home and you might be thinking, oh, you know, had an enormous day. You've got to fake it too. You've got to go in and, you know, if you're not feeling that way. Because the only person that can be responsible for the energy you take into a space is you. So, um, I mean, that's, you know, Emma Isaacs. That's one of her big things about... Owning, the, owning your own personal owning energy. It.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we see it when we see it in others. Oh, that's amazing. We can't do that, but we can. Yeah. yeah. So the name of this podcast is called Standout Life. When I offer that term up to you, what's it mean to you to live a standout life?
1: I think that it's about the, the potential. We all have lots of opportunities that come our way and it's about saying, am I grabbing the opportunities that are going to serve me and living the most rich and rewarding life that could be possible? And that's not about the fanciest mansion or the biggest boat on the Sydney Harbor whatever to me it's about a life where you go I'm glowing because I am so happy and I'm I'm doing some really interesting things and I've got some really deep and interesting relationships and you know I, I often will meet new people and I and I'll quickly incorporate them into a dinner or or see them again and and um, Because I'll go, oh, that's so amazing, you're so interesting, and how you um, make sure that you aren't just being insular, that you are having, you know, a standout life, and and to look back and think, wow, I had these amazing experiences, and, you know, for me, one of my, you know, probably my, um, you know, most luxurious thing is uh, I do get to travel a lot, and, with the public speaking, I do a lot of public speaking and you get paid very well for that. I put that money in a special bank account and I just spend that money on taking my family travelling. And when I have to go and do some talk at 6.30 in the morning and wherever, I'm thinking, why am I doing this? <laughs> and then I'll go, wow, you know, I know what that will buy us as a family unit to go through sleeping in the jungle in Borneo or, you know, just having an you know, amazing trip through Italy. And, and so I kind of... I segment parts of my life to be able to say, I know that I'm going to do that to give me that so that, you know, it can be this, you know, standout life. I hope, well, Keep I'm it enjoying it. it. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your
0: your lessons and mm, your gosh. ideas and advice and, uh, yeah, for, for living big and living bold. Mm, thank you. <laughs>